0: Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Good morning. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. And uh, I first wanna say this. This is uh, pastor's privilege. Uh, my granddaughter, is having her first birthday today. That is Brooklyn Grace. And so um, you can see us on Facebook. We're going to be celebrating her all day long. So happy birthday, Brooklyn Grace. All right. Um, lots of things going on. We're just uh, continuing to to grow in this experience, and I just hope today that um, the Holy Spirit is filling your place, your environment, connecting with you in your life. And uh, if you're a guest of ours, maybe you're kicking the tires of faith and seeing what this whole Jesus thing is all about, and why are all these churches doing virtual things? It's great to have you here, and I hope that uh, today will be a great experience for you to know that. Um, Jesus loves you, he cares about you, and uh, I'm excited about that. So I wanna take a moment first and start with some prayer. Um, <clears throat> and for, for a specific reason, there's two people in our, in our church family world that uh, need specific prayer. And the first is uh, who most of you, if you've been part of South Coast Fellowship, uh, you know that um, uh, Pastor Pauline was one of the pastors here for a long time, and she has recently been diagnosed with cancer. And she gave us permission to to let you know that, and we want to pray for her. Uh, there's another family in our church that lady's name is Patricia, and her she lost her brother-in-law to the uh, COVID-19 virus, and so we want to pray for his, uh, that family, and also uh, his wife or her sister is also. Uh, infected with the virus. And so we want to pray for Patricia's family and pray for Pastor Pauline. So join me as we pray for them. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would do a miracle You're a miracle working God. You're able to reach into lives and touch hearts and touch bodies. And we believe that you spoke the worlds into existence. You touched the lame men and they walked. You touched the deaf and they heard. You touched the blind and they saw. There's nothing impossible with you. And I pray that you right now would touch uh, Pastor Pauline and that you would comfort Patricia's family. We thank you, God, that you're an amazing God who cares about everything we go through. And I just believe that you're going to make a a, a difference in their lives today and that you touch them and minister to them and give them that comfort, give them that peace and that healing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Well, we've been in this uh, series called Motivated by Love, talking about the motivation that Jesus had to do certain things and why he did certain things. And so today I want to continue that series. We've talked about why Jesus wept when he was walking into Jerusalem and he looked over Jerusalem and he saw Jerusalem for, uh, not for the first time, but he saw it and he wept. Why? Because he, motivated by love, he realized that there was a, a group of people that needed grace, that needed forgiveness. And that, that group was not paying attention to him. And it was so important to him that, that somehow they would be redeemed. He went in and then motivated by love, he died. He died on the cross so that you and I could have our sins forgiven. And the mistakes that we've made, the things that we've done wrong to offend God and put a separation between us and him, he made the effort to bring life into our lives, by dying on a cross motivated by love. Then motivated by love, he rose from the grave. He came out of that grave three days later after he died. He rose so that you and I could have the promise of eternal life and we could live forever. That's hope. That's hope. That means that no matter what happens in this lifetime, we have hope for eternal life. That's living forever. And so that's a blessing. And then last week we talked about He showed up. After He rose from the, the grave, He showed up for another 40 days and spent time with the disciples, proving, showing, evidencing to them that, that He was alive and that they had real hope. That had He gone from grave to heaven without ever showing the people, Um, Today, we may even have doubts, but the reality is, and historians say that he showed up after uh, he rose from the dead. That's motivated by love. And today I want to talk about motivated by love, he powered up. Motivated by love, he realized that you and I need to go from this this place of uh, observer to participant. And let me explain. Have you ever noticed the difference between observers and participants? I've, I've noticed the difference between observers. Observers are the people that kind of watch and comment. They watch and comment, or we would call them Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacks, or uh, even during the game. If you're like me, uh, I'm watching a, a football game, and if they make a mistake, I'm like, oh, I could have done that better. Come on, you know what to do. You know, hit them harder, or whatever the case may be. That was a half-hearted effort. Uh, whatever the case, we, we kind of... As observers, I've found that observers have more opinions than participants because participants understand what it's like to be in the game. They're they're the ones that understand what it's like to be part of the game. And what Jesus wanted to do, motivated by love, he wanted to change the culture. He wanted to change the, the, the direction of where, when he came into the planet, when he came to earth, he became what was observed, but then he knew that the only way to reach the entirety of the world was to, to remove himself and, become, and ask us to become participants rather than observers. I've also no- noticed that um, there are those that are waiting for life to happen to them and those who are going to make life happen for them. In other words, Jesus, the observers are kind of waiting for people or waiting for things to happen for them rather than making things happen. That's what observers do. They, they kind of sit back and they want the experience to come to them instead of them becoming the experience. Most observers are powerless over the outcomes. P- observers don't have any influence on the outcome. If I'm watching a football game and I'm only an observer, I have no control, I have no say on what happens on that playing field. If you're an observer today, you're watching what's happening, but have no control, no influence, no participant uh, participation in that event or what you're watching. And so as a result, you don't have any control over the outcomes. But participants have control. They have influence. We may not be able to say exactly how it's going to turn out, but at least we have influence in the consequence. Too many people are waiting for life to happen to them rather than through them. Write that down, take a moment, play that back later on. Whatever you, whatever you need to do, listen to it again. Too many people are waiting for life to happen to them rather than through them. But Jesus understood that we need to have life happen through us, not just to us. We, if we're an observer, we're gonna wait for life to happen to us, but if we're a participant, we're having life happen through us, which is a much better experience and the planned experience that God has for us. Most people who are observers are more like if-then people. That, that it's it's kind of like this. If time doesn't get away from me, then I will make time for. If time doesn't get away from me, then I'll make time for. In other words, if, if, I, if, if I'm an observer, then I let time happen to me. So whatever comes my way, time takes over. And if I, there's no values put to it, I'm not in control of it. But if I take control of my time, then I become a participant in time. What about this? If I lose weight, then I will exercise. Well, that doesn't make sense. Okay? There has to be this this if, we're kind of waiting for the if to happen to us. And then we will do something. But the, the participants become the if. The participants in life become the if instead of waiting if this happens, when this happens. We say when this happens, that will create a result and I'm going to make this happen. And so we become the if, the participant becomes the if. So here's the big question. How do we move from observers to participants in the Christian faith? How do we move from being observing what's happening or what Jesus is doing to being a part of what Jesus is doing? The big thought is this, is simply this. Jesus has given us the power to be participants. When he, motivated by love, he realized that he needed to leave this planet and empower us to become participants rather than observers. Had he stayed on this planet, we would have chased him all around and watched what he was doing. In fact, there's, there's a group of people in, in the world today that like to go and watch Christianity happen. They like to go and have it happen to them rather than have it happen through them. And so today I want to talk about how Jesus powered us up. He came and empowered us to be participants rather than observers. And it starts in Acts chapter one, verse one. It says it says this in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all about that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen." So this very part of the, the book of Acts, which is in the New Testament, and it's written by a guy named Luke. Luke was one of the, the apostles, one of the people that, that watched what Jesus was, ha- was doing, and <clears throat> he wrote about it, and he wrote both the book of Luke and book of Acts. And so right now he's saying, until the day he was taken up. It was really interesting that Jesus had to be taken up, that he had to leave this planet. I already mentioned it, and I already mentioned the value of why he had to leave. You see, a good leader understands that you can't always be the one doing everything. Maybe in the beginning of something, You're doing a lot of things, but a good leader understands that you have to decentralize. You have to give away responsibility. You have to put power into the hands of people so that you can expand your potential and capacity. That's why we believe at church that that the more volunteers we have, the more people participating, the bigger our capacity, our potential. That's why we ask everyone to get involved, not just a few, but everyone. And that makes the difference. And so Jesus had to leave this planet as part of good leadership. He said in John chapter 16, verse seven, he says this, but very, uh, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. He understood that he had to leave so that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, come, could come indwell in our hearts in our lives so that we become no longer observers, but participants in the work of God and in in the mission of God, to make a difference in this planet. You wanna make a difference? Be a participant rather than observer. You wanna make a difference in in what you see happening in this world? Become a participant. And and this reaches down into the very core. I like what this one uh, author said, his name's Jim Collins. He wrote a book called Built to Last. And it talked about that how companies last, how they, how they endure. And so uh, big companies understand, or, or lasting companies understand, that it's not about so much of what they make, but what they believe that makes the difference. In fact, he said this in his book, uh, Built to Last. He said, the only true reliable source of stability is a strong inner core and, and the willingness to change and adapt everything except that core. And so when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit into our lives, he was impacting the core. He was going for the heart. He was going for the very center of who we are so that we become more like Christ. And as the result happens, then that core changes and we become the the participant rather than the observer. We have the values, we have the heart of Jesus in us and therefore can carry on the work of Christ. And that's why Christ sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that if the world was to discover God's love, grace, hope and forgiveness, he would have to change the core, not just the chore. Did you hear that? He would have to change our core, not just our chore. Too many people are about doing or watching what's being done rather than having the core changed. Let me ask you a question. Where are you in your core? What's the depth of your values? Where do your values come from? That's where the Holy Spirit makes a difference in our lives. That's why he comes and empowers us and indwells us and it changes our core. Our values change, our direction changes, our decisions change because the core has been changed. And so Jesus came to change our core, not just our chore. And that's why we don't worry about so much the deeds. The deeds follow a healthy core. He would have to place in us the power of the Holy Spirit to live in that core. In order to be a participant, he had to send power to change the core. And that's the power of Acts chapter 1. In verse 3, he says this, and we read this last week. He said, After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and, listen to this, and spoke about the kingdom of God." See those highlighted words? And spoke about the kingdom of God. When he speaks about the kingdom of God, what, why would he come back and talk about that? Why wouldn't he come back and go, isn't this cool? I died and then I came back. I died and then I came back. Isn't that great? And, and that would certainly be a, a part of the conversation, but he spoke primarily on the kingdom of God. Why? Because it's the mission. It's the mission. It's the, it's the very focus of what he was all about when he was on this planet, and he wanted to continue that focus as he uh, began to ready the disciples for his leaving, for his departing from uh, <clears throat> this planet. And so he spoke about the, the, the kingdom of God, which was not a political kingdom. It was not this, this political thing where he was going to take over the world and defeat all the, the kings and, and, and all the, 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 the dictators of those days. But he was uh, talking about a personal kingdom, the kingdom of our heart. You see... He doesn't want to just come and politically rule this planet. He wants to come and realize that the only way to make a difference on this planet is to make a difference in your and my heart. This is the kingdom that he wants to reign and rule in. It's our heart. It's our heart. And that's where he rules. That's where he reigns. That's where his throne is. That's where that's where he lives. And as long as he lives there, then he has a kingdom and it's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom. It's his likeness. It's his character. It's the depth of his core that he comes in and makes a difference. So why would he come back and speak about the kingdom of God? Because he wanted everyone to know that he wanted to reign and rule in in the kingdom of God. That is his heart. In verse 4, he continues on and he says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, Sorry about no fish this week. Uh, We cooked fish last week and it was delicious. Um, But he was eating with them and he gave him this command Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. Wait for the gift. Wait for this this opportunity to have your life changed. Wait for the promise that was given to you. That's this guarantee, this opportunity to know that there is a promise that is coming and it's the gift of the Holy Spirit that will baptize us. This word baptize is used in two different ways. It's used to to explain immersion. Like when we water baptize, we take people down into the water and they are immersed into the water and then they come back up. That's baptism, that's an immersion. And so some theologians believe that Jesus was talking about this immersion into the Holy Spirit. Another uh, uh, thought about (coughs) being baptized in the Holy Spirit is this idea of being unified with the Spirit. I tend to believe that this is what Jesus was talking about here, is that it was both, uh, it was kind of a both and, an immersion, but more a unifying of our heart with his heart. An indwelling of this, this, this power that comes in when the Holy Spirit takes up residence into our lives. When he comes in and he takes over, it's the power to be rather than the power to see. You see, uh, look at this, this next text. It says, this is the power to be, not just the power to see. It's the power to, to change from observer to participant. It's the power to understand that we are now going to be what Jesus wants us to be, not just to see what he wants us to be. See, when he was on this planet, everybody was following him. There were crowds, thousands of people Remember when he fed 5,000 with with, uh, bread and fish? When he fed 4,000? These were thousands of people. He was having mass gatherings of people following him. That's because everybody wanted to see. They wanted to be observers. But he, he, he wants us to move from that seeing to that being, to have that character, that nature of Christ in our lives. That's why the indwelling of the power of the Holy Spirit is in us. If you were given a task at work, and weren't given the tools or training to do it, you'd be frustrated. And that's what it would be like to not have Jesus in our lives, not have his spirit in our hearts or in our our beings. It would be like not having the ability to do what we're called to do, which is make a difference in this world. And we'd have to continue being observers rather than being participants. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, he gives us the power to be like Jesus rather than to just see what Jesus did. You see, seeing is, is, is being that observer, that, that person who's out of control, has, has no control over the results, but the, the participant is when we're being like Christ. And so when we're being baptized with the Holy Spirit, He comes in and He takes over, He takes rulership, and we become the nature and character of Christ living out of us, living through us. And it's a powerful, powerful concept. We move from observer to participant when the power of the Holy Spirit enters in. In verse six, it says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They were still wanting this political ruler. They're still wanting this person and they're still wanting to be observers rather than participants. Are you going to do it? Are you going to be the one who takes over? Too often we're waiting for life to happen to us. We're asking Jesus, come on, Jesus, Happened to me. Happened to me. And Jesus is saying, no, I've already happened to you. I died on the cross. I rose from the dead. The work is done. Now it's time for you to be a participant in this. It's it's time for you to be a witness, a testimony, a story to this world so that you can bring life and make a difference, just like I brought life and made a difference to this world. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Then they, and, and so they're still asking too often. We're waiting for life to happen to us rather than through us. And I, I, I am so challenged. I'm, I'm feeling the passion of God to encourage all of us to, to not just hope that God would do something to us, but let's have him do something through us. Let's become those people those powerful influencers, those those uh, perp- those people who are are making a difference and being participants in this world. The cry of desperate people is solve our problem, rather than help us be the solution. Solutions are more quickly solved when more people decide to be participants rather than observers. And often observers want things to be brought to them, to serve them, to to. to to meet their needs and, and take care of me. And because I'm not a participant, I have no control over the results, so I want the results to serve me. But if we really, truly want to influence the world, if we really, truly want to influence life, we need the Holy Spirit's power to move through us to make that difference and influence that change. In verse seven, he says this, he said to them, it is not for you to know the time or dates the father has set by his own authority. I, it's not about me coming to be a part of the kingdom, but you will receive power. You will receive power. The Greek word for that is dynamos or dunamos, And it's, it's, it's this idea of dynamite, explosive power that comes into our lives and, 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 and allows us the ability to, uh, to do the next thing that he says. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be. Circle that B in your Bible. Highlight that in your your Bible app because it's about being. It's not just about doing. It's about being, becoming like Christ. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Love this. But you will receive this explosive energy in your life to become a story to the world. That's what we are called to become. That's what we are called to to do in our our world. If we want something to do, it's the the courage to be, the courage to be Jesus to our world, the courage to influence our world with this power, this dynamos, this this power that comes in and and fills our life so that we no longer are observers. We We look for God to manifest Himself to His children, God only manifests himself in his children. That was a a quote from Oswald Chambers that um, says a very powerful truth. We look for God to manifest himself to his children. God only manifests himself in his children. In other words, he's, he's not just doing things to us. He's doing things in us and they come out of us. And that overflow of his spirit begins to spill out onto the lives of others. It's a powerful reality. My encouragement to us this morning is simply this, is that we embrace this baptism in the Holy Spirit. We embrace this baptism of the Holy Spirit, this unification between our spirit and His spirit, the indwelling of His spirit so that He becomes the fullness of who we become and are. And we move from observer to participant. If we are waiting to experience the Lord and the Lord is waiting for us to become the experience. Too many of us, too too many of of the world, I, I, I think the world today, most of us, myself included, I love entertainment. I love movies. I love different things like that. And too often we become the observer of the movie rather than the participant. In Christianity, Jesus is calling all of us to be participants in this mission, to be someone who is the experience rather than experiencing the experience. And so I want to encourage you today, If maybe you're sitting in your, your your kitchen, maybe you're sitting in your living room, wherever you are, make a decision to become the experience rather than to wait for the experience to happen to you. That's where the change happens. That's where the, the dynamic difference happens in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in the Christian world. That's where churches explode because, because they decide to say, I'm going to, Give the experience rather than wait for it to happen to me. People of faith are no longer just the object of His love. We are the expression of it. I love that statement. People of faith are no longer just the object of God's love. He's motivated by love to empower us, but not just so that we get all these warm, fuzzy feelings from His love, but that we become the expression of His love. People all around us should be getting those warm, fuzzy feelings from you and me as we love them. In verse nine, it says after he had said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. This is the handing of the baton. When he left, he said, I'm, I'm handing off the baton. I'm, uh, you, you we're reaching out. And he says this in verse 10, he says, they were looking intently up into the skies. He was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. I know this is crazy stuff. This is, you know, th- this is entertaining. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Why are you being an observer? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. I love this because he ascends just like he's going to come back. So the way he goes up is the same way he's going to come back down someday. We don't know when that day is. We don't know that moment. And I'm going to talk about that next week. He is coming back, motivated by love. He's returning. Motivated by love, he's powered up. He's powered us up. He's given us the ability to live in, in, in the opportunity to be influencers rather than to be influenced. I believe that this moment is when they are saying, it's your moment. Jesus is saying, I'm leaving, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit to baptize you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and make this big, big difference. My life was changed when I realized that I couldn't live this life without Jesus. My life was transformed radically when I reached up my arms and I said, Jesus, all I want is everything that you have for me there was a moment in my my faith where I felt the power of the Holy Spirit come into my life. And ever since then, I'm not saying I've lived a perfect life or or that everything just goes smooth as ice and glass and all that kind of stuff. There's this tug between the Spirit and my flesh all the time. But it's that Spirit, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that has enabled me to unapologetically say Jesus is Lord of my life. And I have no problems telling people that Jesus is, can be and is the Lord of their life. And I'll do whatever it takes in my heart as the Lord leads to make, an, make a difference rather than wait for that difference to happen to me. What I've learned is that the more I wait for something to come my way, most opportunities are passed by. Why? Because I've become an observer just watching the game happen. And I see all these things happen to other people. And I kind of wonder, why isn't it happening to me? And then when I got involved, when I got, became a participant, when I started saying, no, I'm going to go do things for Jesus. I'm going to be what Jesus wants me to be. then all of a sudden there's this Place of influence. There's this opportunity to make a difference and I've seen lives changed. I take no credit. I give God all the credit and certainly the glory for everything that he's done. But I'm blessed to be a part of making a difference and I want to invite you to be a part of that. It's not the pastor's job to do everything. It's not the ch- pastor's job to bring you the experience. It's our job together to make a difference in this world. God has decentralized leadership into the hearts of every Christian. All of us, all of us are difference makers. All of us have the opportunity and the power within to make a difference in this world. God is wanting the church to work in the power of the Holy Spirit, to move in His power, to move in His grace, and to make a difference. He has given us the power to be His witnesses not just to see his witnesses. Every one of us should be a storyteller of what Jesus has done in our lives and what Jesus can do in others. He wants to give us the power to be Jesus to this world. Will you be a participant and not just an observer? Will you be a life changer? Will you be an influencer in the game? Will you be someone who is willing to put up your arms and say, Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and indwell me and make a difference so that I can be a participant and not just an observer. God today is calling his church to participate in the mission. Social distancing doesn't get in the way of that. Social distancing doesn't get in the way of of, of connecting with people and connecting with others and telling them that Jesus loves them. You can do it on a phone, you can do it on, on the internet, you can do it with a neighbor six feet away. Whatever it takes. I encourage you to be a participant today. Maybe you're here. Maybe, like I said earlier, you're kicking the tires of faith. Maybe you're checking out what all this Jesus stuff is and all these videos that you're you're, you're experiencing on, on the internet. Whatever the case may be, I just want to invite you today to know that motivated by love, Jesus died for you. Motivated by love, He rose from the dead. Motivated by love, he, he showed up. He came back and then gave proofs to the disciples that He was alive. And motivated by love, He powered us up. He gave us His Holy Spirit so that we could live out a life of victory, a life of joy, a story to tell and make a difference in the lives of others, to move us from our observers to participants. If you're with us today and you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to do so right now. And you can do that by praying this simple prayer. And I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I thank you for dying on a cross so that my sins could be forgiven. And I accept that forgiveness today. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And give us the hope of eternal life. And I accept that hope today into my life today I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I commit to follow you with my whole heart and I thank you Jesus for saving me, for forgiving me and allowing me to be a part of a much bigger family, the family of Christians who love each other and care for each other and I accept you today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. If that's you today and you you stated that prayer, you, you prayed that prayer, I pray that God would just make a radical difference in your life. I know He will. And I wanna encourage you to let us know either at info at journeychurchventura.com or or prayer at journeychurchventura.com. And we would love to hear from you and connect with you and help you in your next steps of faith. For those of you that may already have faith in Christ, I wanna encourage you today, let's no longer be observers. Let's be participants. Let's do whatever it takes, whatever comes to our heart and our mind that that is a witness, a testimony of Jesus. God's put power in your life, power to make a difference, power to be a participant, power to go do something for Him in His name, for His sake, for His glory, and your life and the lives of others will be changed. We could see this explode radically if we will take this message seriously. Let me pray for you. Ron will lead us in another song of worship. God, I thank you so much that you've empowered us to be participants and difference makers. And I pray that you would allow us to experience that in a real way. Give us thoughts in our minds, ideas, and opportunities to be a a testimony of you. Whether that be through serving others, whether that be through the spoken word, of telling our story of how Jesus has made a difference in our life, no matter what it is, help us, God, to make a difference in this world. Help us to be a storyteller and a difference maker by your power and by your grace. I thank you, Jesus, for everything you're doing in the lives of your church today. And I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to move in all of our lives. And I thank you for it. Thank you for empowering us to be participants today. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today. I hope you had a great Sunday. Share this message. Like this message. Do whatever you can to get this message out because I believe that this is a difference maker. This is a change, a game changer. And I believe that God's going to do some great things. God bless you. And again, thank you for being with us. Enjoy this last song of worship.